Thank you for joining us for Working Through the Word, a ministry of the Richmond Church of Christ. Let's join our pulpit minister, Mike Johnson, as he brings today's lesson. Think back to a time when you were really hungry, really thirsty, and that's not today. I know lunch is coming, but that's a whole different deal. I'm talking about when you really had not eaten for a while. You had not had anything to drink and you were parched. And you just wanted something. What did you think about? Or better yet, how could you not think about that? Our series on... The theme of the year, live the abundant life. Now comes to the point where Jesus said, if you want to live the abundant life, you have to hunger and thirst. The story before us in John 4 is a story about a woman who learned what it means to hunger and thirst. It's a lot different back then, obviously. In order to have water, it was basically the job of the women to get the big clay pot. You've seen pictures of the women in those countries even today who put them on their heads, either the uh, grains or things they've reaped from the gardens or maybe a water pot and they go in to the well and bring back the water for cooking for drinking for cleaning maybe more than one time a day geography says this was about a half a mile from where this woman lived at least once a day, maybe multiple times, she would walk a half mile out and a half mile back carrying a big heavy pot of water for the family. And there's Jesus, a man she's never seen, has no idea who he is, and he just says, how about give me some water? Well, that's strange in itself because a Jewish person doesn't just talk to a Samaritan person. And more than that, they don't talk to a Samaritan woman. Jesus said, I need something to drink. How are you going to do that? You don't have anything. And Jesus then made the statement, and she figured it out. Woman, if you drink the water that I'm going to give you, you'll never thirst again. And her thought was, yeah, buddy, give me that. You think her first thought was, oh, this is really cool. I'll never get thirsty. I'll have to come this half mile down the road and a half a mile back carrying a big pot anymore. It's over. I'm finished. <laughs> it's going to be great. Give it to me. He promises. He said, you'll never thirst again. Oh, and she longed 
for it. To understand the concept of hungering and thirsting, consider this text in the Old Testament, Psalm 107 and verse number 9, where the psalmist said, God, the Lord, satisfies the longing soul and fills the hungering soul. When Jesus said, you'll never thirst again, maybe he had reference to that concept in the Old Testament. In order for us to understand hungering and thirsting, because I want to be blessed and I want to live the abundant life, and I'm convinced that you do too, then we need to understand what it means to hunger and thirst. We can use the physical way of, of what we really are wanting when we're hungry and thirsty, but let's do it a little differently. There are three concepts of this Hebrew word in the Old Testament that helps us understand what it means to long for it. Number one, it's a word used to speak of the desperation of wanting to save a life. The desperation. God said, I'm going to destroy the city of Sodom and Gomorrah. But Lot is there. And he sent an angel to get them out, and they delayed. Then finally in Genesis 19, the angel said, Hurry up! I can't do anything until you get out. Get out and save your life. Later in Exodus Twelve, when, when God had sent all of these plagues on the Egyptians to let his people go, and the Pharaoh kept refusing, and then the final plague, the death of the firstborn, happened. The Bible says that all of the people of Egypt said to these Israelites, hurry and get out, lest we all die. It was a desperation to save a life. And that's what it means to long for something. There's also the urgency to make something happen. You remember when Joseph, who had risen to be second in command in Egypt, and his brothers came to see him, they didn't know him. And he said, you hurry back. When he finally revealed himself, you hurry back and you get my brother, my blood brother, and my father, and you come back here. Do it now. Hurry up. There's an urgency to this longing. And earlier, before he revealed himself to his brothers, in Genesis 43, the Bible says he looked at all of them, and the text says, and he had a yearning for Benjamin. There's a craving for 
a connection or a reconnection. When this woman said, give me that water, she was longing for it. And the Old Testament concept was you're desperate and it's urgent and you have a craving for it. Now that's what it means to hunger and thirst. So if we take those three Old Testament ideas and put them in our text for today from Matthew 5 and verse 6, what do we find? Blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they shall be filled. First of all, there is a desperation for righteousness. A desperation literally to save my life. The desperation to attempt to save a life is in the concept of hungering and thirsting for righteousness. To save a life, desperation will not just settle for anything. No. Desperation wants something specific something that fits, something that's clear, settling is not enough. And desperation will do whatever is necessary to get what I want. It has the image in my mind of the mother who can move a car enough to get it away from her child. Therefore, the unassailable obstacles, I don't have any. I'm desperate. I'll move that car. When Jesus said, hunger and thirst for righteousness, he said, you be desperate like you're trying to save a life. He said, you be urgent. There's an urgency because of the time factor. He says, you do it now. Don't wait. If there's an urgency, you don't say, I will visit it next week. If there's an urgency, you don't say, oh, just call me when I have a little more time. I'm really busy right now. I'm really not in this. No, it's urgent. The time is now because you might not have another time. 
And there's a craving for connection or reconnection. As Joseph yearned to be connected to his brother again, to hunger and thirst for righteousness is a craving to be connected to God. A craving says, I want what I don't have. And that craving just takes over because a void has been created. And you want to fill it. When Jesus said, if you want to have a real abundant life, you want to know what it's all about, really? Then you need to have a desperation and an urgency and a craving for righteousness. And I will fill you I think you have it. I think we have it in varying degrees. And I think we have it in, in somewhat of a roller coaster feel. There are times when I'm on a spiritual high and I just want more and more. Give it to me, man. I'm hungering and thirsting for righteousness. And then life kicks in and, and I don't hunger as much. Maybe you felt the same thing. Maybe at times you felt the desperation of something you don't have. Very serious, life-changing, life-threatening. And it takes hold of you. We want this righteousness. No matter how much we might bury it intentionally, no matter how much it might be buried because of what life does, you want it. If you didn't, you wouldn't be here this morning thinking, listening, absorbing, giving. Here's the problem. Life takes a toll on us every single day. You think about it. You work, you struggle, you do whatever you have to do every single day because that's what life is. You, you meet the demands of the day. You, you have your job. You have your relationships. You do all of these things, which is why we then eat and drink. It's like a bank account. And as we work, and as we live, and as we do, we are withdrawing from the bank account of life. 
And we sit down finally to eat because we have to refill that account. We have to eat. We have to put something back. We have to drink and put something back. We get dehydrated. We become famished. Because life just takes a toll. But life also takes a toll on us spiritually. And in that same image of the bank account, spiritually, we're dipping into that account and pulling things out because we're fighting all of the things around us. Paul said in Romans 7 and verse 23, I see another law then, warring in my members and bringing me into captivity to the law of sin, which is in my members. Every day we are faced with situations of temptation and difficulty and trial. And as we face it, we're dipping into that bank account and we're pulling something out to battle, to fight, to try to win this war. And it drains us. It drains us spiritually. And it's the hungering and thirsting that refills and replenishes. The psalmist said in Psalm 42, my soul longs for you as in a dry land. Chapter 63 and verse 1, my soul hungers and thirsts for you like a thirsty land. Also in Psalm 143. The psalmist said, because every day wears me out spiritually. Every day beats me down spiritually. I long for you. There it is. Like a thirsty land longs for water. You've seen parched ground. Think about it. What happens to ground that is parched from lack of rain? It starts to crack, doesn't it? And get hard. You see that toll taken on the ground? Revealed a weakness. Exposed to crack. Hardened. Spiritually speaking, that can happen to us. Because of all that happens every day fighting this battle can expose cracks and weaknesses. And if we're not careful, it will harden us if we're not constantly making deposits 
into the spiritual bank account rather than constantly withdrawing. That's what we're doing today. How many times have you left an assembly of worship and said, man, I feel so much better. Maybe you came tired and you were rejuvenated. Maybe you came to that assembly sad and you were filled with joy. Maybe you came to that assembly feeling hopeless, but then your hope was restored. And you left that time saying, oh, I'm better for having been there. Life takes a toll. And we withdraw from the spiritual bank account, but we have to put it back in. And that's where the longing, the hungering, and thirsting. So what happens? What happens when you lose your appetite for God? How do I get it back? How do I replenish my appetite? I want it. I want to be like the woman at the well who said, give it to me. How do I do it? You have to check back tonight. We're going to figure that out. But in the meantime, while life takes a toll on us, Jesus makes a promise to us. Go back to our text in John 4. And I want you to notice a verse in a way that I've not seen it before. I want to give it to you. I've a number of times mentioned because I love this concept. When I teach Bible classes and people start talking and they're giving things and I'm learning. Boy, I learn stuff from people making comments and I can think of specific moments when I learned this or that or that. And I learned, I can right now see it in my head, the night I learned a concept from a woman sitting right over there. And she was trying, she told me the difference between being satisfied, being content. And I've used this before. Satisfied says, I am so full, I can't have any more. Stop. Content says, this is so great. Give me more and more and more. Listen to what Jesus told this woman. Verse 14. Starting in 13, whoever drinks of this water will thirst again. But whoever drinks of the water that I shall give will never thirst. You'll be satisfied. It doesn't mean you won't want any more of God. It means I won't go anywhere else. 
Jesus said, you'll never thirst. You'll never want anything else to take the place of Jesus. If you drink the water that he gives, you'll never go anywhere else. You won't want something over there. You won't want something over there. You'll be satisfied with what he gives. But then he continues. But the water that I shall give him will become in him a fountain of water springing up into everlasting life. I'll give you contentment as well. You'll be satisfied. You won't want to go anywhere else and get anything else from anyone else. But what I give will be springing up constantly, giving you more and more, you desiring more and more, you will not only be satisfied, you will also be content. Because when our longing for righteousness really kicks in, we then begin living the abundant life. I know you want that righteousness. I do too. I know it's a struggle. It is for me. I know you need encouragement. So do I. And Jesus makes a promise when the world takes a toll. If you're ready to let Jesus fill your life, springing up into a real sense of satisfaction and contentment, when you decide to obey Jesus, submissive in baptism for the remission of sins, when you decide to be more faithful. That's the journey you'll be on. Can we help you find that journey today? Meet our shepherds as we stand and sing together. We hope you enjoyed today's broadcast brought to you by the Richmond Church of Christ. We are located at 1500 Lancaster Road in Richmond, Kentucky. We meet on Sunday mornings for Bible class at 9 a.m., followed by our morning worship service held at 10 a.m. Our Sunday evening service is held at 6 p.m., and our midweek Bible study is held on Wednesday at 7 p.m. If you are in the area, we would love to have you as our honored guest. Thanks for listening.